it's good to be here today. Uh, welcome to Harvest and uh, all those of you watching online, welcome to you as well. Um, it's a special day today. We have Ben joining us and going to be giving us the word today, so I'm excited about that. But yeah, we'll just uh, stand up and we'll just get right into it today.
How many of, how many of us need some peace today? <laughs> There's so many things that come against us on a daily basis that we just need to focus our eyes on Him. Forget about everything else. Forget about what we're seeing. And just rely on Him and know that He's aware of everything we are going through. Everything that's about to come at us, He is already aware of it. And to just sit in peace and trust Him.
to be here and spend with you God just help us to take you with us throughout the week and just know that your presence is with us help us not to just be here on a Sunday morning and this is it help us to just take it outside these walls God we can do this we can live this every single day of our lives we get that opportunity I just pray your anointing over the rest of this service. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Oh, and you may be seated. It is the week of September 17th. And guess what, Pam? Ben, ben is, is here. here. <laughs> it's, uh, I think we've been announcing for quite a while that uh, Ben Goodman is going to be with us in town, and today is the day. Man, we've had a great time so far with the different meetings we've had with Ben. So glad he could be with us here to share the word of the Lord that God has put on his heart for people. And this morning as he preaches with us, we're just really blessed to have Ben with us. Uh, in addition, next weekend, September 23rd, Ben is going to be sharing up at Country Faith Church a seminar on how to be a spirit-led, spirit-empowered leader. Now, leadership covers all sorts of realms from being a good parent to leading at work to leading an organization. And who wouldn't want to learn more effectively how to follow the Holy Spirit in our leadership? So I just want to encourage you to join us as Ben shares that. Again, it'll be at Country Faith Church, and all the details are at the Connect table. Hey guys, if you are new with us today, or if this is your second visit and you haven't filled a Connect card out, go ahead and reach in the seat back in front of you and fill one out and bring it back to the welcome table and we'll give you a sweet gift. If you're watching online, you can go to harvestfreezy.org forward slash connect and we will send you a gift card. And so we also just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who attended last Sunday's potluck. It was our fall bash. We had a great time between the bouncy house for the kids, the different games we had going on, but most importantly, our fellowship and just being together 
And man, I think we had the best potluck probably ever. Uh, just amazing. For so thank sure. you everyone who, who came, who brought food. It was a blessing. Hey guys, Youth Sunday is coming up on October 8th. On that Sunday, the youth are leading all of the aspects of the service. And they can sign up for all of these positions at the Connect table. That's going to be exciting. We had a great time the last time we did it. It was and, awesome. Uh, it was very powerful. So yep. youth, we're excited for you. And lastly, we wanted to make mention the Forge Ministry School, which is an online ministry school opportunity that TrueBridge is putting on, has a class coming up with Paul Strobel. Paul Strobel is on faculty at my alma mater, Oak Hills Christian College. He runs the Center for Indian Ministries. This class is going to equip you on how to engage with the Native American community around you, and it'll be very insightful. I want to encourage you to partake in it. The cost is $40, and it actually starts this week, September 21st, Thursday night, at 7 p.m., and you can join it live, or you can also watch the reruns. All right, time to release the kids. If you are 18 months to four years of age, head into the toddler room. If you're kindergarten through fifth grade, head into children's church. And with that, let's give Ben Goodman a warm welcome. Am I on? Yeah, I'm on, right? Well, good morning. Um, I was talking to the production people uh, when they did those videos. If you notice, they had to chop up each announcement, right? That last one, you know, the enthusiastic introduction of me. Uh, the guy who did the filming, he said, man, we had to do that five times. Five, because the first four, four times, like, well, you know, Ben's here, All right? And then finally, finally he did it. Thank you so much. Um, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really bad with names. I really am. What's your name, sister? Worship? Yeah, yeah, you. Nicole. Nicole. So <clears throat> this is just how I do things. So they're practicing, and I went up. Uh, well, no, you, you just finished practice. I don't know what you're doing. You're just sitting there. And I could tell you were nervous. And uh, at our church, we just have a really, it's, it's a bad habit, I think, but God blesses it. I just went up to her and I go, how's it going? She goes, well, I'm sort of nervous. I go, well, you, you should be, you, you know, because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people who are going to be watching, right, you know, all their expectations. And she's going, yeah, thanks a lot, right? And I go, but look, just put them out. Just, just realize that the creator of the universe is watching. Right, she goes, oh, thank you so much. And I go, no, no that's okay. Um, just, yeah, in, in our church, what we do is if someone's going to preach, you're going to lead worship. Um, we, we say, man, we've been praying for you, um, but just don't be that guy. And she goes, what do you mean? I go, well, that guy. But yeah, if, if someone's going to preach and they do sort of an okay job, nobody's going to remember. And even if they kill it and do it a great job, people don't remember that. It's when they, do you remember that guy? Remember that guy? Oh, yeah, right. That's why I said, don't be that guy. <laughs> and, and so now, because I could tell she was nervous, and I figured I might as well push her all the way. <laughs> and, you know, my, my wife would be just slapping me silly right now. She says, you never do male bonding, you know, with a woman because women don't work that way. But I didn't care. She wasn't here. And I did it. 
And, and sister, you killed it. It was great. Now, I'm not going to be here next week. So you're going to have to do this one on your own. And where's the, the, the shofar blower? Where are you? Oh, there you are. And I'm, I'm really bad. What's your name? Steve. Steve. Okay. Um, so I was, I was talking to her. I go, what you really need is um, some interpretive dancer here. And she's going, well, you do it. I said, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Now, just have someone doing some prophetic interpretive dance. And then, and then, then there's Steve right there. And I turned to him. And he's an obvious candidate, right? Right? And I go, why don't you do it? And he went, sure. Like he's blowing me off. I, look, I used to live in Minnesota. I know when I've been blown off by a Minnesotan. Sure. Right? So, well, did you see this guy in the back just wiggling his stuff and all that sort of stuff? It was great. That was like, that was Minnesotan prophetic interpretive dance. It was awesome. <laughs> Brother, you killed it. Oh, Jesus. See, there you are. Please forgive me, Jesus. Um, I always like coming here. Um, I've had a good couple days, met with elders yesterday afternoon. Um, it got pretty deep and personal and kingdom stuff. And then, um, was it Friday night? Some of the ministry leaders, uh, the whole children's ministry, you know, just got slapped up. You know, in the Lord, so it's okay. No, it was, there was a lot, just a lot of download, and last night there was some ministry. By the way, there's this couple, I'm really bad, what, what, are, your, what are your names? Yeah, see them? Have you ever noticed, like, they're always in love? They're just always, right? And so, oh, right. Well, anyway, this is what you got to do. Uh, it happened a couple times ago. Look, every married couple, whether, like, you're ready to shoot each other, or you think you're doing okay, take them out for supper. Take them up. So you can talk about anything you want, whatever you want. And then, what, but the fact that they really like each other and they hold hands and they smile, right? They don't roll their eyes. And whatever they got going, you know, I want to I catch some of that. You know, if, if I can ever bring my wife Becky here, I'm taking you out. It, it, <laughs> look, I'm a preacher, so it'll have to be Burger King. But, <laughs> but I'm telling you, it, it's just, oh my gosh. And they, they gave me a really nice card and. So, there. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you're supposed to applaud them. Applaud them. That's the big one. You know, a, a lot of people, when they first get married, or at least before they get married, they hold hands, they look at each other and kissy-kissy and all that. And then, you know, then life happens, and kid happen, kids happen, and then all this sort of stuff. And then when you're old, you're going, gosh, heaven's looking better each day, right? <laughs> But they're sitting there going, no, no, well, heaven will be great, but we're going to make the most of this. It's just, it's awesome. You, you guys don't understand, maybe you do understand it, but you actually have a prophetic sign amongst you with that couple. Because um, I'm, I'm sure it's always been real easy for you, right? He's always just been the, the servant leader, right? And you've been the, the quiet lady, right? Ne never dominating or never making them feel, yeah, you just started off good and it got great. Now, the stuff that you guys went through to forge what you have now, I'm telling you, it, it, it's worth the whole journey, isn't it? And people need to get a little some of that. You don't even have to talk.
But, sister, that's impossible for you. Right? Anyway. Oh, yeah, I'm here to preach. Well, you know, he introduced me. What happened here? Oh, no. Now this is you. It's on you. Did I screw it up? All right. Yeah? Okay, good. You're going to have to get new batteries. Yeah. Um, now, normally, when a pastor of a church introduces someone, um, when they come up, they pray for them. But no, all he did was introduce. So, so I'm going to pray, and then I want to share the word. Okay? Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are, what you've done, what you're doing. But right now, I thank you that you sent us the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you, we welcome you. You are not only here amongst us, but for those of us who are really children of God, Holy Spirit, you dwell in us. That's an amazing thing. Just your presence. It's, it's just an amazing thing. However, today, Lord, I ask that you would, you would go above and beyond just being here. You're the one that leads us into all truth. You're the one that takes mere words and throws them into our soul. And they plant things. These words plant things. They start things. They transform us. They, they help us. So Holy Spirit, I ask that um, the words I'm going to share, you, you, just, you just ride right on them so that we would all be impacted and transformed not by the words of man, but by your words. Amen. Yeah. So I like reading the Bible, and hopefully you do too. And uh, there's this thing I do that really helps me get into Scripture, right? Um, especially when there's stories. I do this, what would it be like if I was there? Okay? And, you know, Scripture says that not all imaginations are vain, right? There are vain imaginations. Here's a vain imagination. Man, what would it be like if I was a, if I, if I, if I was an NBA power forward? You know, that's just dumb. Because I'm never going to, never could be, right? That's a vain imagination. Or, I wonder what it would be like if I self-identified as a, as a giraffe. Yeah, you caught the political message there. That's a vain imagination. But the way scripture is set up, that you can just, you see a story and you can just go, I wonder what it would have been like to be there. And it helps you engage. The Holy Spirit sort of uses your imagination. All of a sudden you have these aha moments, right? So imagine you're one of the... Well, if I, go, if I go close to it, it'll blow up. Okay. Oh, there you are again. 
was the interpretive dancer guy. <laughs> Man, one way or other, you're not going to get off the stage, are you? <laughs> Did that work? Did that work? Still ringing? Just unplug everything. All right. All right. All right. I won't move. I want you to imagine you're a disciple of Jesus. You're just a, just a person. Just who you are. And you're one of Jesus' groupies. You're following him. You listen to everything he said. And you go, oh, wow. Um, then you see him stand up to Pharisees. You know, Pharisees are deeply religious people who think they know something, but they don't know anything. Right? And Jesus would just get in their face and go, you religious people, you think you know God, you just know about God, and you, you rule people in such a way that it makes them feel small so that you can feel big. And Jesus was always getting in the face of Pharisees, and you're his little groupie, you know, going, yeah, Jesus, get him. <clears throat> you know, yeah, I would have said that. Yeah. Or you see Jesus crying, and then he raises someone from the dead. Imagine just being there. It wouldn't just be, you wouldn't just take your phone out and go, wow, a dead person just got raised. It, it would impact you. Imagine, imagine you watching Peter sit down and Jesus washes his feet. And Peter goes, no, 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 you don't have to do that. You know, you're the big guy, I'm the little guy. No, 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 don't serve me. I, I, just, I, I just don't deserve it. And Jesus just looks at him and goes, unless you let me wash your feet, unless you let me clean where you've been walking, unless you let me do that, you'll have no part of me. You know, some of us get so proud. Well, that's all right, Jesus, I got this. I'll just clean my own feet. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm here to serve you. And if you don't let me serve you, you don't really don't have much of a part of me. Can you imagine watching that? And you'd be going, who is this guy? All right? So in Matthew 11, <laughs> well, I, I need a, a boom thing then. Take a boom. Take a boom? Or, or I can just move. I won't move around. That would be good. What is this? This shouldn't be. Has this ever happened before? Yeah, but when you're preaching, nobody cares. I'm only, no, I'm only kidding. I'm sorry. I'm from New Jersey. See, when I say that to a Minnesotan crowd, say, look, I'm from New Jersey, you go, oh, well, okay. I get a pass. I get a pass. All right, we're good. I want you to imagine um, you're a part of a crowd. And you're going to go, no, not yet. Not yet. Thank you. You're part of a Thank you. The please was in parentheses. Um, you're part of a crowd. And... There's going to be a Jesus concert. 
People from all over are going to come to watch Jesus, and you're part of it. Just imagine you're part of the crowd. Meanwhile, Jesus is having a meeting with his disciples. It says, okay, I want you to go here. I want you to go here. I want you to take care of this. Let's do it. I mean, you guys can't figure this one out. It's a demon. It's okay. I, could I have a boom thing? Whatever. I just work here. Everyone say hi to your neighbor. We didn't do that this morning. Take a moment. I think the reality is it's because it's so far off your face. And we're out in front of the speakers just a little bit. Let's stay on All right. All right. Is this working? Children's, uh, children's workers are going to hate me because we're going over. Um, Jesus is telling his disciples, all right, I want you to go here, 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 here. And then Jesus decided that he was going to teach and preach to the various towns that would be gathered from Galilee. That was, what he, that was his gig. And so the people come. Remember, you're part of the people. The people come. They're gathered. They're exciting. They're, they're excited. And imagine you're part of the crowd. And this is in Matthew 11. No, not yet. Um, you all, you all, you're ready to go. <laughs> not yet. And you figure with such a big crowd, Jesus realizes how popular he is. And he's going to say nice things. At least you're going to start off that way. But he doesn't. He basically says, so glad you're here. I've sent a number of my disciples to you. I've sent a number of people to you. And I just want to let you know, uh, you think you've got the message, but you don't have the message. You do not have the message. You think you've got it. You think. Other people have been talking to you about my message, and you've listened to it, got all excited, maybe even believed some of it, but you're not getting the message. He said things like, well, we played the flute for you, but you're not dancing. Um, we sang a dirge, but you're not crying. He, he's saying, we've given you the message. And you think you get it, but you're not getting it. Can you imagine, start, can you imagine being in a crowd like that? You go, I gave up my Saturday afternoon for this. <laughs> and he even went so far to go, he, he rebuked whole cities. He's going, some of the great miracles I've done in other cities have transformed whole cities. But when I do the same things amongst you, it's like, oh, ho-hum, another thing that Jesus did. I mean, Jesus is going at it full blast. He's challenging people who think they know stuff. He challenges them. I know maybe your Jesus doesn't challenge you. But I'm telling you, 
the Jesus who doesn't challenge you is probably the wrong Jesus. That won't, won't save you. He'll never be mean unless you're a Pharisee. But Jesus is always challenging. He says, look, you think you got the message? No, you don't. You really don't get it the way I want you to get it. And after he says that, he prays this. This is uh, later on in Matthew. He goes, Lord, Father, you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned. You know, the people who think they know stuff. You have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this was well-pleasing in your sight. Now, that's a double whammy. He goes, hey, glad you're here, but you think you know you think you have grabbed the message that's been given you, but you really haven't. And I just interacted with the Father and said, it's the Father's will that you don't have it yet. Can you imagine that? God leads you to a place where you think you know something, but God just sort of said, no, no, no. You really don't know it, and I'm going to make sure there's an obstacle. There's going to be a frustration there's, have you ever thought you knew something, but you knew there was more, but you don't know what it is? A lot of people, oh, I love Jesus to go to church, and they know there's more. Is this all there is? Is this it to having God in me? Is this it to having God lead me? Is this really it? So Jesus is going, no, it's not it. You really don't have the message. So he rebukes the fire out of him, probably with a smile on his face. Maybe the little smoke machine in the back. Who knows? Maybe Ryan doing announcements. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things. So imagine being in that group going, I came here, I heard about great things, you know, all this sort of stuff. And he's telling me I don't really get the message. And it's sort of part of God's plan. And then Jesus basically said, now I'm speaking to you directly. I've sent my messengers, but now it's mano mano, or mano womano. Okay? Now I'm going to talk to you directly. Imagine being in that group where you go, yeah, we've heard the message, we believe the message, but the guy from whom the message came, now he's going to talk to us directly. Can you imagine that? Should I turn this off?
having to change a thing. Isn't that amazing? Now what I have used this whole script, the whole scripture, 28 through 30, for, for altar calls. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. As if take my yoke upon you is a continuation of the first thing, but oh no, it's not. He goes, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is taking Jesus' challenge to a whole new level. Let me explain. Well, first, it sounds like an invitation, but again, it's a command. He said, come to me and I'll minister to you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. It sounds like an invitation, but it's really a command. Those people in that crowd, they understood what Jesus was saying, and there were two applications. There's an agricultural area, and they had oxen, usually. And how they would teach a young, um, strong oxen how to plow is they'd yoke up that oxen with a stronger and more experienced oxen. Yoke them up. Imagine being the younger oxen. And it's your job to learn how to plow and carry things and pull things. But, you know, you've been sort of free, and all of a sudden, boom, you're yoked with this really great, great oxen. And the older oxen starts taking off. What would you do? you go, wait a second. I mean, you start chafing. You start getting a little irritated. You want to go this way, but the other oxen, they understood. Jesus is sitting there going, Take my yoke upon you, and they're going, uh-oh. Uh-oh, he's asking more than just the opportunity to minister to us. Because they're going, well, are you the other ox? <laughs> are you the one? Take, take your yoke. Irritating. I learned from you how to do that. Thank you so much. But here's the deeper application. Back in the day, when an old boy wanted to learn to become a young man, which is an art form that seems to be lost nowadays, that we have a lot of very old boys, right? 25 years old going, oh my gosh, I'm praying for a good wife. Got a job? No, but man, ooh, next level. Oh boy, oh boy. For, for you young, young ones, no money, no honey. And if you got a daughter, just go, sweetheart, this guy have a job? Does he follow Jesus? Does he tithe? I know that sounds really weird. That's a big deal. Jesus says how you handle money will be an indication of how you handle really valuable things. I know, as a father of three daughters, finance is not the most important thing. I know that. But if some, some guy says, well, I really like your daughter, and I just really want to develop a relationship with her, I go, show me your tithes. But why? I said, listen, if you can't handle money the way God wants to, what makes you think that you can take care of my daughter who is way more valuable? There, that was for free. It wasn't in my notes. 
Okay. But when a, when, a, when, a, um, when a boy wants to become a man in that community, he starts getting serious about God, and he starts thinking about choosing a rabbi. And when he finds, yeah, I really like this rabbi. He, he's cool. He, you know, he wears like leather yarmulkes and things like that. And uh, I saw him on TikTok. Yeah, there's all these sorts of things. He's a this, this, rabbi. Would you be my rabbi? And then the guy, he'll think about it. He'll go, well, we'll see. You know, he'll interview him and all that. And if, if the rabbi says yes, this is what has transpired. When, a, when, a, when an old boy wants to become a young man, and he said, be my rabbi, what he's saying is, I want to serve you. Um, I want to be your gopher. And... I want you to teach me how to think. I want you to teach me how to act. I want you to teach me how to feel. Teach me how to manage my emotions. And teach me how to see things, the right way to see things. And not only that, Rabbi, I want you to teach these things to me. And I will regard your teaching as having final authority over whatever the culture says and my best opinions. That's what it meant. And when, when that arrangement happened, guess what? It, it would say that he, he's yoked with the rabbi. So Jesus is going, come to me and I'll minister to you. I will touch you. I will love you. I will show mercy. I'll give you a breather. Okay, step two. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You know how many yokes we got? You know how many yokes we got? We have our past. We have our culture. We have our friends. We have our enemies. We have a whole bunch of yokes. We have the internet. We have a whole bunch of yokes. And most of our life is balancing. So well, I'll take a little bit of this, and I'll take a little bit of this, and I'll take a bit of this, and take a little bit of this. And Jesus going, you know, that's one of the reasons why you're so weary, why you're so heavy laden. You're trying to carry around a whole bunch of instruction. That you're trying to live the balanced life. And Jesus said, no, 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 why don't you come to me? Let me be your rabbi. I tell you, I wanted to say, who's your rabbi? That would be the title of this. But I've ministered in Minnesota long enough. It would be lost on most of you. You go, what, rabbi, Jewish people? Oh, you know, I mean, that doesn't really work. To take Jesus' yoke doesn't mean that you become perfect, but you make a decision to serve him, and over time, you let him teach you how to think. You let him teach you how to act. Let him teach you how to feel, how to manage your emotions, and teach you how to see things. Look, that young oxen doesn't get it all, all at once. Goes like this and this and tries to pull out and all that. But eventually, if he sticks in the yoke, he'll get it. And then he'll go, Yeah, I was made for this. I'm an oxen. I'm designed to pull. There's something, there's a process. Jesus isn't saying, Take my yoke upon um, you and, let, and, and, and just learn from me. Make my words to have final authority over your best ideas. Make, 
Make my, let my words have final authority of what you think you know. Let my words have final authority over your excuses and your past. Take my yoke upon you, and it'll be tough here and there, but it'll be worth it. And again, it's not an invitation. It's a command. Jesus actually said that. He didn't say it just to that crowd. He's saying it to us. Here's the interesting thing. Especially as just basic people. You know, we're people. But Americans. And I love America. Mm. But there's something where we go, oh, that's like brainwashing. That's just, it's just, where's the freedom in that? Where's the freedom in that? It's like brainwashing. Years ago, at the University of Minnesota, Morris, uh, God used me to do some crazy revival. It was about five days in the middle of the campus, and all heaven showed up. And in the middle of it, I had to go to a bank and withdraw some money. This is back in the day when you could do stuff like that, where cash was important. Anyway, I'm in line, and this lady comes up to me, and she was mad. And I, are you that Goodman guy? And I'm going, yes. Why are you asking? Are you the one doing that revival thing on campus? And I go, yes, ma'am. Well, my daughter has been going to those things. Now, I, I had no situational awareness. I was an idiot. I, I went, oh, praise God. <laughs> and she goes, what do you mean, praise God? I don't like this at all. All you're doing is brainwashing those kids. Now, I was young enough in the Lord when I, I'd never heard that. I'd never heard that. So I'm stuck. I don't know what to say. And in the back of my head, I'm going, God, please help me. i got to say something. Because I can't go jersey on her. I can't go, I can't do that. <laughs> Bad testimony, you know, jail time, all that. I mean, I, I'd win the battle, lose the war. So what I did is, uh, I'm going, looking at her, and this is what came out of my mouth. It was the genius of the Holy Spirit for the moment. You go, I went, you're right. That's exactly what I've been doing. But the issue is not whether or not you're getting brainwashed. The issue is, what are you washing your brain with? Ooh, right? Now, if I'd only left it right there. <laughs> but then I went, with a, a Christian smile on my face, I go, and what do you wash your brain with? <laughs> Idiot. Idiot. So here it is. That's the real question. What do you wash your brain with? Your idea of what Christianity should be? Your meeting expectations of your religious experiences? Um, it, like, what do you wash your brain with? Your past? Your sin? Or do you actually go, Jesus, I sure like to take your yoke upon me. I want to learn from you. 
would you please, over time, I want you to teach me how to think. I don't want you to validate how I think. Would you change how I think? Would you change how I manage my emotions? Teach me how to forgive. Would you please teach me how to see things from your perspective? It takes a while. Sometimes it's a whole lifetime. Teach me how to raise my kids. Teach me how to love my wife. Teach me how to honor, uh, uh, honor my husband. I mean, you get in God's yoke, everybody's going to go like this. Now the guy's going, you want me to love my wife? Mm, lay my life down for her? Mm, that's sort of hard because she, she goes to work on a broom. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or you want, you want me to honor my husband? Well, when he follows God is the way I do. Right? You know, we all have the excuses, and Jesus sitting there going, no, no, this is my word. Over time, over time, you'll start understanding how God wants us to live. But only he can teach us. So, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. It's a command. And then he goes, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Now remember, be in that group. Be in that group. Wait a second. We have our issues. We sort of have a love for God, and we're doing the best we can. Yeah, we need help, so we come to you, and we want ministry. We want you to help us. We want you to love us. We want you to, to fix us. We want all that. And then you go, hey, um, you can really only have one yoke at a time. Drop your yokes. Come to me and take my yoke upon you. That doesn't sound like a gentle, humble person. That's what you would think. That's what I would think. Wait a second. Who is this arrogant so-and-so? Who does he think he is? Ah, that is a good question. Who does he think he is? Well, Jesus has this attitude. He's utterly convinced that he's God. Come to me and let me teach you how to live. I won't put the yoke on you. You take the yoke, put it on yourself, and I will teach you how to live. The only person who has the authority to say that is God. But still there's the gentle and humble in heart. This is such a fascinating thing. I think many of us have experienced this. Have you ever tried doing things God's way and it's really hard on the front end? You know, forgiving, letting go of your past. You know, you had a horrible dad or you didn't have a dad, an absent dad, and you're trying to be a father and God's going, look, let me father you. You know, freely you receive from me and then you'll have more to give your kids. All this sort of stuff. And it's hard. You hearing that? It's hard. As you're in the yoke and you're struggling, struggling to forgive, struggling to do things God's way, it's hard. When you're struggling, never once will Jesus get on your case. Never once will, say, will he go, that's not good enough. Never once will he go, listen, when you finally get it, then I'll love you. Jesus will always keep on encouraging to take us the next step, and the next step, you'll find that he is not a harsh taskmaster. Put his yoke, start working on it. He will say, okay, come on, let's try it again. 
three steps forward, five steps back, but at least you know what it is to go forward. That's what Jesus does. You know, take his yoke, start working, doing things his way. Submit to his way, not your best ideas. It'll be hard on the front end, but as you do it, you will find that he's gentle. You will find that he's humble in heart. He will not roll his eyes at you when you don't quite get it. Here's the principle. You really can't know God, really know him, without first obeying him. You can't know God without first... You don't know what it is to be forgiven, to be born again, until you obey the gospel. Come to me, repent of your sin, sign away the ownership papers to your life, your past, your present, and your future. Do that, and then Jesus will not only forgive you, he'll come dwell inside you. There's no way you can experience that before you obey God. No way. But once you do it, you go, oh my gosh. That's what being forgiven is like? My gosh. It's like a radiator flush or a, or a colon cleanse. I mean, you just go, whoa. <laughs> I'm forgiven. I'm sort of new on the inside. There's no way you can experience that unless you obey God. Isn't that amazing? In John chapter 14, verse 21, Jesus says, you know, the ones who love me, they're the ones who know all the songs, and they raise their hands, and they do the charismatic gig in Walmart, and they're always saying, well, praise the Lord, brother. No, 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 no. The ones who really love me, they obey my commands. Doesn't mean they get it right. They just keep on going forward. And then Jesus, just a verse later, he goes, and to those who obey my commands, I will reveal myself to them. I'm telling you, your struggle with what God's telling you to do, do it. You need to ask for forgiveness, just do it. You need to be forgiven, just do it. You need to run from your hidden sin, just do it. And when you do it, when you obey, even if it's hard, do it. And then God will make himself even more real to you. This is how it is. Well, I don't know about this charismatic stuff, being filled with the Holy Spirit. I just don't know. Just ask God to fill, it with, uh, uh, um, uh, fill you with the Holy Spirit, and then see if you like it then. No, there's so many people. Well, I just don't know about that. Well, have you ever asked God to fill you with it? No. I'm not. Well, why don't you just try it? Love kids. <laughs> so he goes, For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. A number of months ago, this is what got me to look at this scripture. Jesus initially says, Come to me, you are weary and heavily, heavily, heavily burdened, and I will give you rest for your souls. And then later on, it says, um, Take my yoke, da 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 da. And you will find rest for your souls. And I went, wait a second. Is this a bait and switch? I honestly, God, what are you doing? You, you said if they just come to you, you'll find rest. 
But if you take the yoke, then you'll find rest for your soul. So I started thinking more about it, and I realized that the words are just a little different. And a pauso, the first rest, it's a commodity. It's something that Jesus takes from who he is, what he can do, and he ministers to you. He gives you something. He touches you. He heals you. He, he, he does something for you. He takes for himself and goes, here, and it, it brings blessing. It brings peace. It brings rest. This one, anapausine, it's just a little different. It means to cease your labor and to cease striving to be good enough. It doesn't mean to be lazy. To, to find rest for your souls is to stop trying so hard to live your life without depending on God. Jesus had a great diagnosis of these people who knew stuff. He said, look, come to me and I'll show off and I will minister to you. But if you take my yoke upon you, you will find rest for your souls. You will find it. There's a kind of rest. Imagine being that oxen. It's hard learning how to do it, but once you get in with the rhythm of the senior ox, you're going, I was made for this. I am an oxen. I mean, I'm not trying hard. I'm just following the lead. When Jesus is saying, you'll find rest for your souls, not only will you stop trying so hard, you will find that I will give you supernatural energy to live the life that I have for you. That's what Jesus will do. Not only that, you'll find rest for your souls. Your soul is made a little different than your wife's. Than wife. Wife. Only one. One. We are many. No. Anyway. No, it's true. When you take his yoke upon you, you find rest for your soul. You find rest for how God made you. You don't have to strive to be this great pastor. You don't have to strive. If you're leaning into God, letting him teach you, guess what? He'll deal it through you. You will find rest for your soul. You will find rest. You'll find energy to become who God created you to be. You know why many people are heavily laden? They're trying to live a life that God doesn't have for them. There is no way I would have expected that kind of tune to come from that corner. I mean, I almost started you know, throwing some moves, doing a little break dancing. Anyway, when you take his yoke upon you, you start living the life that God has for you. You start experiencing his plan for your life. And he lives it through you. That's not, that's not ethereal. That's basic Christianity. And then Jesus says this. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What I'm saying right now to you, what I've been sharing you, 
I'm so sorry. Well, well, you finally found out what she really wanted. <laughs> oh. After all this, Jesus goes, take my yoke. Yeah, it'll be tough. It'll be tough, but you'll find rest for your soul, which is really what everyone wants. We don't just want to receive God's rest, a little peace, a little band-aid, a little healing. We'll take it. But what we're really looking for is to live the life that God created us to, to live. That kind of rest, that's what we're all looking for. And you can only get it by letting God be your yoke master. You can only get it. But you'll find rest for your souls if you're submitted to his way. And then he goes, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's hard to believe. You go, oh man, I have to love my wife. Jeez Louise, i got to relate to my teenagers instead of finding a new, new use for duct tape. I mean, just what am I going to do? Or, you know, do all of a sudden I have to become super spiritual? Or can I be sort of the guy that, I'm, there's all these, man, this is going to be hard, I'm telling you. Jesus always takes the long view. Jesus' words are not comfortable. They're just not. But he does say this. This is in 1 John. It says, This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Most of us don't believe that. I mean, a lot of, a lot of young ladies going, Oh, he's so hot. He, and he's cute, and he's got some really nice bling. You know, that stuff he does with his hair. Oh, my God. Right? And have I mentioned that he's hot? Right? And, and he loves me. He likes me. He loves me. He's He's texting me. Oh, my God. And, you know, the parents are going, he's about as saved as an Easter egg. Run from that dog. What are you doing letting that guy sniff around you? Get away from him. Don't be, you know, that kind of thing. Jesus always takes the long view. If you do things my way, you will find that what you carry is easy and light. Sexual immorality is fun for a while, but it'll be, it will eventually blow up your relationships. Pornography will put a virus on your hard drive. Yeah, your sensitivity to God will get less and less and less. Um, if you refuse to forgive, you can do it. You can manage your forgiveness. You can do it, but eventually it'll start eating away at you. Uh, scripture says a, a root of bitterness, not, it, it defiles not just you, it defiles many. The long haul, the long haul said, look, do it my way. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. There are some people, well, I'm a good church guy, and I'm probably going to go to heaven, but I really haven't made the commitment, the surrender to God and all. And you go, ah, I'm not so sure. And then, you, you know, you grab a donut on the way out, and someone in uh, Dodge Ram just sort of, runs you over, and you're dead. And you're not in heaven. Hmm. That's a pretty heavy yoke, isn't it? That's, that, so many people go, well, I don't know if I want to give my life to Jesus, you know. I have my traditions to uphold. I haven't given my life to Jesus. In the long term, 
when you know that 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 you really belong to Jesus, no matter what happens here, you're in good shape. I mean, only Jesus can say, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. If you do things my way, over time, you'll find what I'm really like. You'll experience my love, forgiveness, my gentleness, my genius. You'll find rest for your soul. You will grow into who I created you to become. You will start fulfilling the purposes for which I created you in the first place. Little by little by little. My yoke in the long term is easy and my burden is light. So here's one of the questions for us right now. How do you know if you're wearing his yoke? Like, it's important. If I say, how many of you, you know, um, have started giving your life to Jesus? You probably go like that. How many of you know you're going to heaven? You go, okay, got that. How many of you have testimonies of the goodness of God? Yeah, we got that. But that's not what we're asking right now. We're asking, so do you have the yoke of the Lord? Some people go, well, heck not. I'm, even if I could grab it, I wouldn't because I know me. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm going to fail and all. That's not the point. The point is, are you willing to make a decision to let Jesus teach you how to think, how to live, how to feel, how to think? It's just to start going to Jesus school and let him teach you. How do you know if you've got the yoke of the Lord? Here, it's so easy. It's so easy. When you're when your best ideas and when your best opinions, when your past, when, when it, whatever yoke you're carrying, when that competes with the clear teaching of Scripture, and that competes, all you do is yield. You don't even have to get rid of all that old thinking. That young oxen can't stop being a young oxen but he can choose to yield to the old one, and then the old one will teach him. That's how you know that you have the yoke of the Lord. When you're willing to repent and surrender, when what your soul and what your mind wants and what God wants is different, you go, I see it, I yield. Life is, for Christians, life is meant to be lived with the yoke of the Lord. The cool thing is Jesus will never impose the yoke of the Lord upon you. He won't do it. He'll command you, he'll invite you, but he'll never go. <clears throat> That's not how he operates. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you just come here and um, you're the one who knows hearts. There'll be no altar call. But Lord, there's some people here they know that they know that they know that they have not signed over their past their present and their future to you they don't know there's no assurance of salvation or they know darn well that this Jesus stuff to those people I'm saying Jesus died for all your sins so that you could come to him 
and so that he can start teaching you. If you sign over your past, present, and future, confess that you're a sinner. If you confess that you're a sinner, Jesus won't smack you. He will forgive you. He will wash you. And then he'll live in you and you're owned by him. That's a pretty good deal. If you want that, all you got to do is in your heart say, Jesus, I want that. I need to be forgiven. I need to be new. Lord, would you hear their, the cries of their hearts? And there are some, they know that they're yours, but they're far away from you. They're far away. Whether it's sin or life or just stubbornness or even religion, they know they're going to heaven, but they're just far from you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would touch them. Touch them and speak to them the way you spoke to the prodigal son. Holy Spirit, you told the prodigal, just come on home. Don't, don't, don't get cleaned up. Just come on home. You'll get cleaned up and we'll give you a reset do-over. If you're part of the family of God, the door is always open for you to come home. Lord, I, I ask, we're part of the crowd. We hear you saying, come to you and bring our needs. God, I ask that would be something that just doesn't happen on a Sunday. That we come to you with our needs, our burdens, and that would be our default. But God, I also ask that we would see your yoke as not an imposition, but a lifeline. Honor our choice. Say, Lord, we want to take, I want to take your yoke upon um, me. I want you to, I want to learn from you. God, I ask that you would start extraordinary works, long-term, sustained, individual revival, simply through people who decide to be yoked to take on the yoke of the Lord. Honor their request, Lord. God, would you do this for them? Do it for the people that they're going to influence. But would you also do that for the sake of your name, which they carry with you wherever you go? Amen. Let's give Ben a clap, family. So we've been blessed to have Ben here for a couple meetings now. Uh, last night, today, we had a couple additional meetings with the elder team and whatnot. And man, we are just very blessed by Ben's ministry. Um, you know, my favorite restaurant in Fargo is a steakhouse, right? Well, if you've ever had like a really not so good steak that's overdone, it's kind of chewy, kind of gross, you're like, I'm not going to eat there again, right? Well, I went to this steakhouse, and I had a good steak. It was a ribeye. I got introduced to the ribeye like 10 years ago. I'm like, I'm never going back. It's marbled well. It tastes amazing. I had a bone-in ribeye the last time I was there. Divine. Heavenly. The reason I'm talking about steak is because I feel like when we get Ben to come, it's like eating steak. Good steak. Amen? Now, to respond to that, 
I want to encourage you to consider giving to Ben and his ministry. We have a black box uh, just on the left of the door as you leave today. As the Lord leads you, I would encourage you to give towards his ministry. You can just write a memo and a check, Ben Goodman. There's a cash envelope in there as well. You can write Ben Goodman there. If you do give a gift digitally, harvestfrazy.org forward slash giving, please let Pam or I know that you did that since we don't have a category just for Ben here at Harvest Church. (laughs) So please let us know that. Amen. With that, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. And uh, we hope to see you again soon. Have a great week.